Welcome to Flip Your Lid with Kim Honeycutt. Kim is a psychotherapist and executive director of ICU Talks, a mental health speaking ministry. This is a podcast about how to flip your lid and learning how to reconnect to who you really are. Well, hey, everybody, thank you for being a part of Flip Your Lid. We have a very special guest today. I'm, I'm really honored to hang out with him. However, I first needed to tell you about my special co-host. Hi. Hi, my beautiful wife, Larissa. Hello, everybody. Yeah, she's joining. She's co-hosting today. Yes. I you didn't want to miss an opportunity to be here for this guest. Yeah, there's something about him that y'all have in common. There's something, yeah, some little artist, creative thing, something, little something, oh, something. Yeah. yeah. So she's fangirling a little bit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so just to let y'all know, we have David Hayward with us. He is the naked pastor. So Woo-hoo. hey, David, welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Nice to meet you both. Yeah. Thank you. It's such and an honor. I should, you know. I should inform everybody that I'm fully dressed. So, well, I was thinking that myself. So, I appreciate that. this would be the wrong crowd to waste being naked in. So, right, right, <laughs> it wouldn't get you very far. So, this is this yeah. is a good place to be clothed. Absolutely, <laughs> so true. Yeah, we we just want to thank you so much. Um, I know whenever I was deconstructing and going through my, you know, reconciling my sexuality with my faith, like I found your Instagram channel and I was just immediately drawn to it. And as Kim mentioned, I have an artsy side. I paint and dabble in art myself. And so it really just grabbed me. So I just want to thank you for Mm -hmm. um, putting that out there. Like your work is helping and it really helped me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so healing. Thank you you so much for that. Yeah, yeah, there there are a few people that have been instrumental without them knowing in our coming out process and the rejection we went through. And you're definitely one of those key pivotal people for us. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm happy. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Yeah. All right. So, you know, a guaranteed question today is coming at you right now. And that is, David, tell us what flipped your lid and what measures uh-huh. did you have to take to reconnect to who you really are? Oh man, I got, I have so many stories where my lid's been flipped, <laughs> but um, the the first thing that really came to my mind was um, I was a student in the ministry and I was a, an assistant at a big Presbyterian church here in Canada. Mm. And um, I grew up with art and music and all that. And here I was in the ministry and just totally cerebral. It felt like everything was so cerebral. Mm. And, you know, I didn't know I wasn't happy. I was doing my work, doing my job as a past assistant pastor. Well, one night I had a I had a dream. And without going into a whole bunch of detail, uh basically in the dream, um, somebody pulled a, a stained glass mask out of a trunk mm-hmm. and I heard the words it's Morpheus and I woke up really thinking I was going to die I was mm-hmm. so terrified because I this dream was so real to me mm-hmm. and I didn't know who Morpheus was <laughs> right and um I was just absolutely terrified because I felt like I'd heard from the divine or something mm-hmm. like that kind mm-hmm. of uh, impact on me. So I, I, uh, I went to the local library, well, uh, university library and looked up who Morpheus was and come to find out Morpheus is the Greek God of dreams. Mm-hmm. And that started me down a whole path of like Jungian psychology yeah, and yeah. interpretation and mm. uh like that was a major major turning point in my life and all because of a little dream yeah <laughs> so and then yeah. I've had other dreams in my life that have had that same kind of an impact but dreams have played a pretty major role in my life but that was that's when you said what's the one of the first times that's the first time I can remember where my life literally went off the rails wow. and and uh, I had to figure out a way to be myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's mm. amazing. Is that what sparked the Naked Pastor? Like, when did that begin as far as your Oh, cartoon? well, no, Naked Pastor didn't come till a long time later. So mm. this Morpheus dream happened in um, probably around 85. And then I started blogging in 2005. Okay. So 20 years later. Wow. Yeah. And um, I, I named my blog Naked Pastor um, because I wanted people to see the real life of a pastor without any adornment. I wanted to sort of pull back the curtain and, and let people see what the ministry and being a pastor was really like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I called it Naked Pastor. Yeah, just to kind of bring in young Ian and the dream and what you just said about the naked pastor. You know, like in psychology, in world psychology, like having your armor on is is what we work on dismantling. It's not wearing your armor. We wear armor as a protective shield because there's mm-hmm. there's untreated and unresolved trauma. And so to know right. in world Christianity, we teach people each day to put on your armor. And that's yeah. right part of the draw to you as saying like you're the naked pastor. And so I'm just curious about what's the what's been the most interesting and entertaining comment someone has made to you about what they oh. think the naked pastor, the name title naked pastor means. Well, you can imagine. I mean, uh, you know, people are like, naked pastor, gross. How, <laughs> how gross, you know. But yeah. I'm like, come on, like use your imagination. What do you think I mean when I say naked pastor? And they're like, right. Maybe you're being honest or open or whatever. There you go. How Isn't about that? that? Hard, There's a concept. Uh, uh, but I mean, you know, if you Google naked pastor in two words, you're going to see things you can't unsee. True. <laughs> but Good point. Good so point for all those. Right. Yeah. Don't Google uh, it. Just go I to don't know. Maybe you're into that kind of thing. I don't nope. know. But nope. uh, <laughs> naked pastor, one word, uh-huh. and that's me. That's so, good. That's yeah. a good distinction. <laughs> yeah. So don't Google two words. Right. <laughs> Unless you want to. So when you first started <laughs> blogging with the Naked Pastor, and then yeah. when did the cartooning and when did all that take place? Yeah. So um, I, I, I was writing in my blog and I would share paintings and things like that once in a while. But um, I, I really like a good cartoon. Uh, and I was following a guy who drew cartoons and I thought, you know, why don't I try to draw a cartoon and see what happens? Mm. So I drew a cartoon Mm. and, um, put it up and I started getting traffic and more and more traffic. So I challenged myself to draw a cartoon every day until I ran out of ideas. I thought I'd last a month. But here I am, 17 years later, still drawing cartoons pretty much every day. And uh, it's just stuck. You know, people, I think people, to see one of my cartoons, it's one second, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. you don't have to read a thousand words or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, I just love the speed and the impact that they have. So I've, I've just kept doing it. Plus it's fun, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's fun for me. (laughs) <laughs> it's fun for it's fun for us too. <laughs> so, which of your? Because I know all of them are impactful in some way, right? Like they they're gonna they're gonna go towards whoever the audience is that needs to receive the message, right? But which one of mm-hmm. of your drawings do you feel like has been the most impact on you? Um. So, well, some of my more more popular ones, um, like I have one called eraser which shows a bunch of people with fat pencils drawing lines on the ground yeah and um it shows jesus with his fat pencil upside down and he's erasing the lines Ooh, that's cool. and uh i love that cartoon and a lot of other people love that cartoon because it sort of conveys my idea that um we're we're united at a deep mm-hmm. fundamental level and mm-hmm. um you know, even though we keep trying to divide ourselves into camps and tribes and yeah. um, ideas and denominations and theologies and all this kind of thing, um, at a deep and fundamental level, I believe we are one and united. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just our 
thoughts that seem to divide us, but yeah. we're we're one. We're united. So I like that yeah. cartoon. Mm-hmm. It conveys that thought, and a lot of people love it too because it's kind of kind of shows Jesus in a subversive kind of a naughty boy kind of a image, and right. uh, you know, I kind of like that. Yeah. So how did how did you get there? How did you get there to a place that you know, as far as I know, you're not marginalized, and yet you have such a heart. For those of us who are, what was your life experience that you right. were able to see someone like me and know that you and I are still equal? Right. So I am, I am, I'm white, I'm male, I'm straight, I'm yeah. cisgendered, you know, I'm yeah. married with kids and, you know, I'm, I'm just your typical white guy. And, yeah. uh, um, but, uh, I experienced a lot of, shaming and guilt and um rebuke and everything growing up um you know in, in the family somewhat but also in the mm-hmm. church and everything and and other places because i i think my primary drive is for personal person for me to be personally free to be my authentic self that's right and um so i was constantly wanting to be my most authentic self but constantly being corrected or mm, rebuked right. or yeah. you know limited or warned or threatened all these things mm. my whole life even as an adult uh as a pastor and everything i was constantly being reminded or being told about how i should behave and what i should believe and mm-hmm. and and so this this constant urge that i have to be my most authentic self was constantly being frightened and um i would i would hide it i was afraid to be Mm. totally myself for fear of rejection and shame and guilt and punishment and all Mm -hmm. this kind of thing rejection and um it just now that that's just for me to be myself right absolutely if if there was another layer of that like that i was gay or trans or something um, then it would have multiplied. The intensity of it would have multiplied. Yeah. But I, I think I have empathy for people who want to be their authentic selves. Yeah. And can't or, yeah. or are afraid to. Uh, whether they're like strange or um, unorthodox or heretical or gay or trans or you know whatever whatever it is. Everybody's afraid in some way or another that's to right. come out. Yeah, that's the commonality. Yeah, they need to come out. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so mine was just for me and my my personality to be able to be free. So yeah. I sympathize and empathize with a lot of people out there mm-hmm. who they just want to be who they are. Yeah. They want to be gay. They want to be, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, that the everything around them tries to keep them in the closet yeah. so you know i'm not just referring to um mm-hmm. gender it's, or, it's all or people orientation yeah. or anything i'm mm-hmm. i'm talking about any anyway so it's i think i think people who have felt that em- should empathize with people who are are going through that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and you were a pastor formerly so was there were there yeah. any like theological things that you had to work through um, to get to the mm-hmm. point that you are now to be so affirming and accepting. <laughs> what was no. that like? loaded, loaded no. question, right? Like? No, yeah. I, right. I've always believed the same thing my whole life. <laughs> well, many have, uh, sadly, David, many have. Not true. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I was at this church quite a while back. It was a Baptist church and it was time for people to give their testimonies. And this guy said, I believed as a child and I'm still going to believe as a child. This was an old fellow. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and I will never change my beliefs. And I believe the exact same thing ever since I was a child, you wow. know? Yeah. And I thought <laughs> something kind of tragic about that. There's but, something tragic. Um, uh, uh, my, here's another lid flipping episode. Yeah. And this happened in 2009. So I am 
because I was really had this passion for personal authenticity and freedom, mm-hmm. I was constantly like meditating and thinking and writing in my journal and reading and researching and like trying to figure out what the truth was. So, you know, I went through Anglican and Baptist and Pentecostal and United and you name it. I call myself my own ecumenical movement because I've been everywhere. I went to the (laughs) Catholic church for a while. I had a Catholic spiritual director. Mm. I had a Buddhist monk, uh, you know, mentoring me. I, you know, I was just searching for the truth and I was in theological anguish because I could not reconcile all the pieces it's like i had a a thousand piece puzzle set and it was just all white let's say (laughs) and i couldn't figure out how to put it all together like i had all the pieces Mm -hmm. um and i just kept searching and searching and searching and 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 um so, so part of my uh value system is I valued everything that I had been taught. Um, I, I value my roots, let's say. Yeah. But I don't let them limit me either. Mm-hmm. So how do I value my roots, but appear to be growing in a totally different place? Like, yeah, that's so good. And I yeah. couldn't reconcile all this together. Like, and I was a, I was a Bible student like Mm -hmm. i was headed towards being a new testament biblical scholar Mm -hmm. but that got derailed i ended up in the ministry instead but i was very serious about the bible took greek and hebrew aramaic all the languages theological Mm -hmm. french theological german everything and i was just searching 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 and trying to figure this all out and how does you know how how can god just be the god of the christians but like what about the jews and then Mm -hmm. what about Mm -hmm. the other um you know abrahamic faith the, the muslims and mm-hmm. what about the buddhists and what about the hindus and what about you know the atheists and all these wonderful people that i know and and who believe totally different than me and i couldn't reconcile it all together mm-hmm. yeah and then in 2009 i just had a a moment i can't really explain it mm-hmm. but i just saw picture without going into a whole lot of detail and i just saw the oneness of all things and before anybody asks no i wasn't on mushrooms or (laughs) acid or anything i just i just saw the oneness of all things it was an incredible experience it only lasted a moment but i saw that we were all connected and that we're all one and all these things that seem to divide us are just words Mm -hmm. and thoughts Mm-hmm. but they're not substantial like we're still connected right. even and and even other mystics and philosophy and quantum physics and everything yeah. are sort of pointing to the same kind of idea that everything's connected mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and i all of a sudden the puzzle piece the puzzles all came together it was amazing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and my theological anguish just evaporated and has yeah. never come back that was 13 years ago beautiful that was 13 years ago and yeah. i've yeah. that peace of mind came has never left mm. and it's just i just know we're all one we're all connected and um you know all these ideas and thoughts and everything that seem to divide us that's all they are they're just ideas they're just thoughts mm. they're just words yeah and um that was a profound experience for me And that's, you know, I started naively sharing about my wonderful experience in my blog and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And it was a year later, I had to leave the ministry. Oh, imagine. Imagine. Right. Mm -hmm. Imagine that you have an original thought or find your own peace. And yeah, finally. Yeah. I'm not the first one to say that. Right. You know, other people have said other uh, like. you know, Meister Eckhart or the cloud mm-hmm. of unknowing or, um, you know, 
St. Therese of Lisieux or tons of yeah. uh, Christian mystics have, have seen and written the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not new, but in the circles I traveled in, mm-hmm. it was pretty heretical. And the, the denomination I was a part of was starting to get letters of concern and, you know, <laughs> other churches around in the area were talking to my people in my church mm-hmm. and saying, what's happened to your pastor? He no longer believes right. in God and mm-hmm. God has lifted his hand of anointing off of him and he's no longer mm-hmm. called to the ministry. What are you going to do? <laughs> wow. So um, we ended up having a meeting and agreed, you know, that I could no longer keep going in the direction I was going in and stay. Mm-hmm. So we, I felt it was the perfect time for me to go for my own personal well-being and also yeah. for the church's yeah. personal well-being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had an amicable amicable divorce. Yeah. <laughs> and uh well, it was kind of amicable. Right. Until it wasn't. Yeah. Until it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that scripture tells me to not look like I belong to this world. And the minute it looks like I don't belong to this world, then the Christian people are upset. Right. That's just right. And still as a Christ follower, I still want to be clear I'm a Christ follower. But the idea of when something doesn't quite fit the level one puzzle that we can so neatly fit in that people just become so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And their discomfort is with your comfort with with your own with the truth. Yeah. Well, you know, our heroes. All of us love our heroes after they're dead. Mm That while they're alive, they're very controversial. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the story of Jesus in the Gospels, whether or not your listeners believe it was an historical person right. or what, this doesn't matter. I'm talking about the story that's conveyed in the Gospels. He died a very lonely man. Mm. Moses, mm. he died a very lonely man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these heroes that we look, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah mm. died a very lonely man, mm. you know, so on. We could go on um, where people we now tell others to be like, <laughs> if we really were like any of those, we would be just as controversial mm-hmm. as they were. Right. That's true. So, um, if if we're going to be our authentic selves, everybody knows. I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday, actually, that imagine from the time you were born, you were surrounded by cheerleaders, everybody, your parents, your siblings, your aunts, uncles, grandparents, your teachers, your classmates, everybody all the way through. We're like, you go, you go. We got you. We're going to support you 100%. Whatever you decide, we're behind you 100%. We love you. We believe in you. You have to be your authentic self, and we're here Mm -hmm. to support you. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Uh, We we would, then we would just have to face our own inner fears, right? Right, right. But we wouldn't have to fear being rejected Mm -hmm. and marginalized. Right. And um, so on. Which made me realize a lot of our hesitation in coming out is rejection mm-hmm. and the fear of being marginalized and shamed mm-hmm. and embarrassed and humiliated and excluded yeah. and all those things. If we removed all those things, I think we'd have a far easier time changing and becoming our authentic selves and coming mm-hmm. out as we truly are right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but yeah. the call the call to be authentic you know it's kind of cool it's kind of hip you know it, it sounds like inspiring yes let's be our authentic selves but you know you you start seeing crosses and hammers and nails coming out after you when you uh dare to be yourself you know yeah. even yeah. from people you thought loved you Mm-hmm. That's the absolute yeah. truth. I know we can both relate to that, <laughs> as yeah. well as the ministry side, because I was, both of us have been in ministry, but I was working for a major nonprofit for 16 years and, you know, left uh, before I came out because I knew that if I didn't, you know, 
I'd probably lose my job, et cetera. So it's definitely that fear of rejection is real and mm-hmm. definitely something I had to work mm-hmm. through. Well, and it happened. Like what we were in fear of happening happened, but what didn't happen was us rejecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's the difference, right? right? Yeah. And, and that's right. part of the attraction to your work. And I think that's what your work gives people permission to do is mm-hmm. to look at something differently and to connect. And as you said, like we are wired for connection. We are all interconnected and we are the best when we're co-regulating, when we have a, a co-interaction with people. We are meant for that. And that is what your artwork does. It allows people to have a co-regulation with you. Through mm-hmm. their artwork and themselves, it's 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 absolutely yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. So so like if we really are connected at a deep and fundamental level, maybe mm-hmm. even a cellular level, yeah, um, that it's unnatural to push people away, right, or exclude them or marginalize them. Mm-hmm. It it works against what's natural, you mm-hmm. know. It's true. And um, it deprives it deprives us all of, of a fuller life. Yeah. Um, it's like I did a cartoon today. Um, it shows a gay sheep, a rainbow sheep, and a trans sheep knocking on a church door. Mm. And all the white sheep are inside, like looking out the window. <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna let them in, right? right. They're all kind of right. peeking around the corner, looking out the window at them, and then uh, yeah. The trans sheep says, there seems to be no sign of life. Mm. And mm. the point of the cartoon <laughs> is, it's really true. When you exclude people, mm-hmm. it it robs you of, of a fuller life. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even, you know, even as parents, we have three kids. They're all grown. But um, we allow, we wanted them to be their most fullest selves yeah. and to express yeah. themselves and to be themselves to be authentic and to be free mm. and i'm telling you it caused a lot of chaos but yeah. i feel our life is really really full mm. um, rather than some parents i know they're like here's how you need to think and believe and act mm-hmm. or else we're, we'll reject you right mm-hmm. that's right and it's very this conditional. is how you need to be mm-hmm. and and so kids because they don't want to be rejected will you know measure up Mm -hmm. until either they leave home or they run away or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, once they leave, they never come back. And, and so um, if you, if you want to delegate everything to somebody, how you expect them to live, it's going to rob them of life and, and you of life Mm -hmm. and the community of life. Mm -hmm. Life is fuller Mm -hmm. with more diversity yeah, I agree. I really believe that the healthiest yeah. communities are diverse, yeah. very diverse. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I agree. But I've also um, been at odds with the church most of my life, even though mm-hmm. I've served it. Mm-hmm. And I um, I believe the church is here to stay. I mean, it's, you know, it's been around for over 2,000 year, years. Right. It's not going to go away. Um, and people have the right to gather around agreed values or whatever, mm-hmm. or to worship their God or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's here to stay. But can we please do it in a healthy manner? That's all I yeah. Yeah. care. That, that's that's yeah. all. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you have a building or not. I don't care if you have money or not. I don't care if you have incense or not, or holy water, or robes, or strobe lights, and, you know, um, ice, or mm-hmm. smoke, and all, I don't mm-hmm. care if you have all that stuff, yeah. to me, that's just style, but if you, if people can gather, and feel safe, mm-hmm. and yes. um, grow, and be their authentic selves, and feel mm-hmm. free, mm-hmm. yeah, man, go at it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's rare. Yeah, no, but you're speaking my language because it's all about fear, learning how to feel safe in connection. A lot of us mm-hmm. grow up feeling safe in disconnection, right? We know how to be the conditioned self. And even you talking about the parts of self, right? We all, we're all fragmented in some way. We had different parts. So I'm curious because I, I hear you being very emotionally and feeling led. And I also hear the, the, the ability to be in conflict. And for a lot of people, those can't, can't coincide. They can't 
live adjacent to each other. And for you, it sounds like they can. So how do you handle people attacking you or attacking your art? And is it the same thing? If they attack your art, are they attacking you? How do you, as someone who sounds very emotional, also handle the conflict? Um, well, you know, it's a learning curve. Uh, you know, on the one hand, some people might think I just have a thick skin and don't care, but I do care. Like, I don't like conflict. Right. I don't like conflict. Right. Uh, I don't like arguing. I don't argue. Um, I don't, I, I want everybody to like me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, um, you know, so learning how to hear uh, criticism or hate or whatever mm-hmm. uh it was a it was a learning curve but mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me i i figured it out i think mostly that um somebody who i can tell the difference between somebody who just disagrees yeah but they're they're decent people mm-hmm. from somebody who uh is hateful and uh-huh. is kind of scary yeah you can absolutely. there's there's different there's different mm-hmm. i can tell the difference mm-hmm. <clears throat> the first kind who disagree and but they're decent people we might be able to have a conversation we might be able to resolve something you know what yeah. some of my best friends now were used to be some of my worst enemies mm-hmm. but they their minds were changed over time yeah um and but people who are really mean and nasty and hateful and even mm-hmm. they sound like they could be violent mm-hmm. um i delete their comments yeah absolutely. and if they persist i block them yeah and i have no qualms about doing that at all yeah yeah good that's really helpful yeah. and great role modeling for people as well you just you know i have empathy for people who like they have to be really really hurting Mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. but because they're disrupting a community right you know bullies if you let them will take over absolutely and so you just have to say okay you're that's not mm-hmm. allowed here um mm-hmm. and if you persist then you, you have to leave um so but i i have a lot of empathy for a lot of these people they must be really hurting to mm-hmm. you know i can't imagine going on somebody's Instagram and they're talking about something and me coming on and saying, you're out to lunch. Like, I don't agree with this at all, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like I, who yeah. takes the time yeah. to disagree with somebody they've never met and try mm-hmm. to correct that person. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I would never do that. Yeah. I just scroll on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have a lot of empathy. I, I care you know, something's going on in that person's mm-hmm. head and heart for them mm-hmm. to feel they have to say something or even the head and heart of people who are hateful. Like, mm-hmm. where's that coming from? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but if they're, so I have a lot of, I have a lot of grace for that or space for that, but if they're disrupting the community, then, um, you know, you can't stay right. until That's you right. learn how to, yeah, how to be a decent person around others you Mm -hmm. have to create safe spaces or as safe as it can be right Mm -hmm. so that's one of the ways we do it yeah it's like one of my 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 value is everyone's included except people who don't include everybody oh that's good yeah Yeah. that's good yeah so you're included yeah but if you're going to start saying gays aren't going to heaven yeah then you're not included because you're not right. including everybody. Yeah, that's really everybody's right. included. Everybody's included. Um, that also means like you can't have on a white supremacist mm-hmm. who, who hates people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Yeah. You, yeah. This just doesn't work. Yeah. You're included. Right. But because you don't think everybody's included, you can't mm-hmm. participate in, in this lovely community. So yeah. that's just, you know, that's just, the reality of the situation. Yeah, that's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Well, and part of that too is because you know I can tell as a therapist usually who is disordered versus someone is curious, and people who are disordered actually get a level of joy enjoyment 
at it coming against somebody with well, majority of us, there's a, there's a certain level of, there's a, there's a spirit check. Like it's not what we're setting out to do in the day. Like it's about inclusivity and there are other people who really enjoy watching people unravel and they aren't, they don't have empathy, so they're not going to unravel. And so that's, that's the line. And there's lots of places for them. Right. You're one of the few safe places for the, for us. Like there's a lot of places they can go and they will be honored. There's so few places that those of us who are marginalized can go and feel included. And, and so that's, that's why what you just said is so powerful and valuable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why um, my Instagram account, I work really hard. For, I, I try everywhere, but especially Instagram. Um, I work really hard at moderating the comments <clears throat> because somebody will come on and say, Oh yeah, but don't you know Leviticus? Blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah, all the copper <laughs> passages. Yes, yes, we know and, them. Uh, yes, I'm thanks. like sorry. Um, uh, we assume we're beyond argument here. We're beyond mm-hmm. debate. We mm-hmm. assume that everyone's included. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be trans. It's okay to be yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. and and we're beyond arguing about it. If you need to argue about it. Mm-hmm. And prove your point. There's other platforms to do that, but this place we are living in in like heaven, where yeah. everyone's included, and there's no longer any debate. Yeah, that's right. And um, there's no argument about it. We're that's just right. all loving one another and supporting one another. And you know what? It works. Mm-hmm. It, it really does work when mm-hmm. you do that. Yeah. But uh, you know, and they're saying, "Oh, you can't handle the truth," or. <laughs> You know, uh, you're closed minded. You say you include everybody, but you can't handle, you know, a discussion or whatever. No, no, you're I'm in heaven here, along with all these 114,000 people. Right. We're in heaven. Yeah. And um, you haven't made it here yet. That's all. That's right. You just have to change your mind. Right. And uh, but. You know, if it's going to take you arguing on other platforms and, you know, whatever mm-hmm. for you to do that, go knock yourself out. But we're not we don't do that here. Yeah, because com- compassion. is, And, and that's a safe place. Yeah, that's right. That's a safe right. space where you don't have to keep proving yourself. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Compassion is more important than comprehension. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I love uh all of your artwork. Um, this one's probably my favorite one. It's the one where the rainbow sheep is saying, I'd like to hang out with you. So now what do I got to do? Sit next to Jesus. And Jesus like, nothing. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. <laughs> so you don't got to do nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> That's right. You know what? Um, I get so much um, negative response for that cartoon. Really? Um, I believe love is the answer yeah that sounds so cheesy but i mean it Mm -hmm. love uh conquers everything love um is greater than debate and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like love um is like like gravity it's indiscriminate yeah it's just it just pulls everything in. It doesn't say, "Oh no, you're the wrong shape. You're, I, I don't attract you." Right? <laughs> yeah, like gravity attracts everything. Doesn't matter what size mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the sun shines on everything. The rain falls on everything, and that's what love is. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't care. Uh, in an obsessive kind of what's right, what's wrong kind of way, mm-hmm. it doesn't care about the object of its love and affection. It just, it just throws it out like a net. That's love. It just covers everything, catches everything. And once you see that, then all your need to Mm -hmm. argue and debate and reason, all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff goes away Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden everybody's in, nobody's out. And, And it's, it's, so it's, it's really mind blowing Mm -hmm. when, uh, I, when when the sheep says, "Hey, I want to hang out with you. What do I got to do?" Nothing. Yeah. That's the beauty of love. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. really is the beauty of love. 
And uh, so, but people are like, well, then what did Jesus come for? You know, but you're saying he wasted his time and, you know, mm. uh, you don't have to live up to his standards or whatever. Like, and I'm like, no, no, you don't know. Mm. You don't got to do nothing. It, and it's that realization that um, you mean, I don't have to do anything. Mm. No, yeah. that's a profound moment mm-hmm. when you, when you feel that, when you mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. The conditions taken off, you know, I know you're not just talking about gay people or trans. You're talking about people who have been divorced, who have been asked to leave churches because of that. You know, anybody, just like you talked about, anybody, we all have the same struggle. Is how do we get to know that we matter? What do we have to remove from ourselves? What conditions have to go away to know that we actually matter? Not just to ourselves and each other, but like you're worthy, deemed by God. Like you matter, and you get to do nothing in that. In so many of us struggle to receive. And I hear some people using certain scripture as a weapon, like the clobber passages, but no one's talking about Romans 14. It's one of my favorite scriptures that's so clear mm-hmm. to me that it's about everyone's invited to the table and that if they're vegetarian, don't say anything to them. You can eat meat Why they don't eat meat. And it says mm-hmm. so clearly that if you're worried about them, don't you know God will take care of them? Don't you know yeah. if they're weak in the faith department that God will encourage them? He will meet them. And so it's interesting to me when people use scripture as weapons, which I do not think is, is the point of scripture, but then no one, no one says, but the scripture also says, can we, we all are invited to the table and while you're just loving on each other, God will show up. God's already there. Yeah. yeah it's just interesting. You know, to me. Uh, yeah. So I, I have an online community called the lasting supper uh-huh. and it's for people who um, just need a safe place to vent and deconstruct mm-hmm. and, you know, hang out. Mm-hmm. There's a couple hundred members there, but uh, I came up with this analogy and how we do community and basically just treat it like a potluck supper. Most people know what a potluck is because mm-hmm. they've all been to church and right. we've all done potluck supper. <laughs> right. And, um, it's like a potluck. You everybody brings something mm-hmm. that they think is good. Yeah. And you just yeah. put it on the table. Either it's the yeah. you know uh appetizers or it's the main course or it's dessert or it's bread. And you just put it there and then somebody, probably the pastor, prays the prayer, and then everybody lines up and gets what they want. Yeah. You go up yeah. and you yeah. you take what you want, but mm-hmm. you don't go along and say, uh, who made this spinach casserole? Don't you know I don't like spinach? <laughs> How dare you bring spinach, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You just, I don't like spinach. You quietly move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. plus, you, the person who did make the spinach casserole doesn't get hurt that somebody doesn't take their spinach casserole because right. some people just don't like spinach casserole. Right. I don't even know right. if there is such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> there is now. But, uh, there is now, everybody. <laughs> so uh and um and so we treat community in the same way. When somebody posts something, if you don't agree with it, just you don't have to say anything. Just mm-hmm. scroll on by. Mm-hmm. And if if you post something and somebody doesn't say anything, don't take it personal. It just yeah. wasn't for them, you know. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. It just works. Yeah. yeah. Like if you want community. There's things that work, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that works. And, and you know what? Uh, modern um, group therapy um, has certain rules in place, and one of them is no cross-talking. Right. And right. that's where somebody is telling their story. Somebody can't say, well, wait a minute. You shouldn't yeah. think that way. Right. And no right. cross-talking. Just right. let them share their story. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Because that's where the healing happens. Mm-hmm. The healing doesn't come from people correcting you and guiding you and advising you mm-hmm. and, you know, all this kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. You've heard it all before. Yeah. What heals you is just that you're being heard. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of like lancing your wound. It's it's very cathartic just mm-hmm. to be heard without judgment mm-hmm. and love and supported. Mm-hmm. It's transformative. It is. A lot of people haven't experienced that, right? Mm -hmm. Right. 
I have. Yeah. And it's transformative Absolutely. just to be heard yeah. and 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 yeah. loved and supported yeah. without somebody mm-hmm. trying to fix me. Yeah. To be safely and, seen um, and heard or yeah. so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, Dave, when you were speaking, I, I just saw this visualization of two two lines and one is someone's Jesus standing there and it just says to freely receive and the other is someone standing there saying to earn Hmm. and that everybody would be in the earning line. Hmm. Like our struggle to freely receive, to know that we're worthy of that. Tell me I have to earn something and I'll work for it. Right. Right? But relationship with with Jesus is free. And so part of us learning to receive is, is really storytelling. It's being able to tell our story and for it to be received by people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I see it work. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a theory. It yeah. actually, it actually works. Um, you know, we, we taught our, our children. Um, they're all in their thirties now, three of them. Um, and they're wonderful people. Um, and we cultivated a kind of relationship where they could tell us anything and we would listen to them. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be their safe space because we, we had to make a decision early on. We want to stay in relationship, not be right all the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was a choice. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we chose to stay in relationship and as a result we have we're best friends with our kids yeah who are all adults now yeah and um but uh you know to to listen to them sometimes without <laughs> interjecting or without judgment or whatever mm-hmm. like tmi sometimes too much mm-hmm. information you know whatever <laughs> um but that's just how it works yes that's right great. Yeah. And uh, when you, when you have that kind of openness and you know that you're going to be heard and that you're not going to be hurt mm. and that you're safe um, and that our love isn't going to diminish mm. because of something you think or mm-hmm. have done or whatever. Um, Cause love, that's just what love does. Right. Like, yeah. like again, gravity, sun, rain, it, it just, mm. it's, it's just always there constant. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can learn as communities, including churches to exercise that kind of love and experiment with that kind of love, uh, we would see really dynamic transformative communities arise around, you know, instead we're seeing people fleeing from the church in droves mm-hmm. because it's it's no longer considered a safe place. Mm-hmm. There are some out there, but they seem it seems rare mm-hmm. to find one. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have been lucky to find a a safe church here, um, for sure. Yeah, but we also run a ministry called ICU Talks. I started it eight years ago, and. We're a mental health speaking ministry. We set it up so people can come in and share their story and have people hear it and receive it. And we yeah. do it intentionally that it's messy. It doesn't have to be that you're finished. It's just got to be, it's not like, I drank, I found Jesus, I'm okay. Everyone knows that testimony. You can go to any church and hear that. Like we set uh-huh. it up so that people are allowed to come in and and, and for most of them, it's the first time they've ever shared their story because there's no other platform for them. Yeah. Right, because it's messy. We want it to be messy. Yeah. yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. But it's creative chaos. It's creative, beautiful chaos because then people are allowed to yeah. come as they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really love the your Google Translate series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Will you speak into that a little bit? My first one was because um, I hear I hear it from people all the time when they say. It's obvious you've never read the Bible. You need to read the Bible. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's great. And, and uh, I'm like, instead of me saying, look, I went to Bible college. I took two years of Greek and one year of Hebrew. I went, I went to seminary 
and took more years of Greek, more years of Hebrew, a year of Aramaic, theological French, theological German, all studying the Bible to become a biblical scholar. Wow. And you're telling me I need to read my Bible? Yeah. And right. I can show you my Bibles that are underlined and underlined and colored, mm-hmm. coded and, you know, written in the margins and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So um, instead, I did the cartoon where it says, you need to read the Bible basic and and the in Christianese and the English translation is and you need to believe read it the way I read it. Yeah. You, yeah, know, you need to right. read the Bible the way I read the Bible. Right. Right. Same translation. Believe the Bible the way I believe the Bible is basically what it says. I have another cartoon where it says the Bible plus your interpretation equals your interpretation. Ooh, yeah. And that's, good. that's um, really good. Until you come to grips with that truth. You're going to keep thinking that there's one way to understand the faith and the Bible and mm-hmm. truth and everything. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. There's one here I have uh, where you put in Christianese, I need to speak to you in love. And then over on English, it says, I'm about to hurt you. <laughs> That's the translation. <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, how many times? I, I I need to say something to you in love. I'm like, oh right. God! Here we go. <laughs> Here, Here we go. go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a sure sign of emotional regression. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> so, in a little different note, what does it mean to you to be Canadian? I love Canada. Yeah. Um, and I I enjoy being Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, there are now my wife. I met in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's from Alabama. Okay. So well, that's I mean, a little I different. Un- <laughs> I could hardly even understand or speak when <laughs> I first met her. But uh, I didn't care because she was so beautiful. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So being can- Canadian, you know, I I I live in a beautiful country. The people are wonderful. Um, we have socialized healthcare. Mm. You know. Uh, there's a whole lot of perks um, and up to recently we've been really free of sort of the evangelical takeover of politics and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Canada is known as a diverse country, multicultural, mm-hmm. multi-religious, mm-hmm. and it, it's inappropriate here to bring your beliefs into politics it's yeah. just basic courtesy that you don't do that mm. and and until trump came along that was pretty well honored mm-hmm. but trump awakened an awful spirit around mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. um and it, including in canada where there's people here who would love that same kind of dynamic happening here in mm. canada but they're a minority but they're loud yeah. and uh, like bullies tend to be. And um, so I, I think we'll survive this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping, I don't know where you are. I don't know where your listeners are on the spectrum, but I'm going to say that I hope uh, within a year or two, it will be revealed for all the foolishness and danger that it was mm-hmm. and still is in the world, this sort of patriot nationalism, evangelical right wing fanaticism, uh, Christian Taliban ish kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I hope it gets exposed for the idiocy mm-hmm. and the, and the danger that it, that it is. Yeah. But yeah. as far as being Canadian, you know, I'm out here on the East Coast, and I live on a river, and it's very peaceful, and you know, uh, yeah, which is kind of did cool. you did you I'm draw really, did you draw the accent out of her? Pun intended. Well, that. kind of. Uh, you know, when she gets mad, she you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so or when she's talking to her family back in Alabama or something. Seriously, when I first met her parents, <laughs> I and and when her brother's on the phone. Yeah. I can't understand a yeah. word they're right. saying. It's, yeah. it's amazing the uh, you know diversity mm-hmm. of the English language. Yeah. He's speaking English, but I don't I don't understand what he's saying. Yeah. You know? It's awesome. That's awesome. No. Well, I hope we yeah. get to meet her. 
One yeah. day, she sounds amazing. She's oh, lived she's with you incredible. for all these years. She has to be incredible. She's right? a saint. Right. <laughs> I love that. All right. So as we start to draw this up, we're going to put you in the hot seat. You know, I'm a therapist. We're just going to throw you in the hot seat. So it's got a few questions or lighthearted, just whatever comes to mind first. Give the answer. You want to take turns with this? Sure. Yeah, and I'll start. Yeah, yeah go we'll ahead. The first one. All right. So what art piece, not your own, would you have tattooed on your body? Wow. I don't have a tattoo. Do you all have tattoos? No, though? we don't. But we're in the we're in the <laughs> south, so we're it's rare. I I I you you've got me stumped. Um, all, right, all right, how about who's your favorite artist other than yourself? Well, right now I'm really interested in Ai Weiwei. Okay. Um he's a Chinese artist. Mm. And um yeah, I just really appreciate his work. Mm. I just thought of something. Um, when I was down, my, one of our sons lives in Boulder, Colorado, and, uh, my wife and I went down to visit him. And while we were there, we found out that there was a, a Banksy exhibit. Oh, um, I love Banksy. Yeah. He is yeah. a graffiti artist, mm-hmm. like a street artist. Yeah. And a lot of people would recognize his work. Yes. Um, one of them is of a guy with, um, He's got his face covered and everything, and he's throwing, and it looks like he'd be a stone thrower, like a a Palestinian throwing stones at the Israeli army, Mm. but he's throwing flowers. Mm. And um, so, I would, I would, I would consider getting a Banksy tattoo. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's good. I like that. Um, What book are you reading right now? Any books that uh, excite you right now? I just finished um, the biography of Einstein by Isaacson. Wow. Really thick. I was <laughs> I was say, that sounds like a thick one. Yeah. yeah. Um, fascinating. <clears throat> so I really, um, now there's a guy, for example, who went against the flow. Yeah, he did. And constantly went against the flow. Yeah. Um, but he came up with some amazing theories mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, like the unified field and, and so mm-hmm. on. Yeah, that's good. Relativity and et cetera. So yeah. I, I found that really fascinating read. I love reading biographies. So that was, that yeah. was a good read. That was great. All right. One word that summarizes who you are. And I know you're more complex and special than that. Real. One word. What is that? Real. Yes, real. authentic right. real. Yeah, very good. I like that. Yeah, that's good. All right. And the last one? Last one. What's on your nightstand right now? I bought a Wuzu fan. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So uh, I I like fan blowing on me at night. Yeah. Do you? Well, because of menopause, yes, David. <laughs> she does. Yes. <laughs> Thanks well, to hot flashes, thank God yes. I don't have to deal with that. Right, thank God. Yes. But, um, I went to Costco recently uh-huh. and there was this fan and it looks really, really cool, really modern, like a little robot. Yeah. And it's awesome. That is great. I love <laughs> awesome that. Fan. Well, you know what else yeah, is awesome? Small. What else is awesome is you. Thank you, yeah. David Hayward, the naked pastor. Thank, thank you, you so, much. so much for being so authentic and well, it's been artwork. fun hanging out with you. Yeah. yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. But let me let me mention my book, though. Yeah, please do. And tell people also how to stay in touch with you, what your Instagram handle is uh, and all that. Okay, things. yeah. So my new book came out, Flip It Like This. This is my 10th book. But yeah. this is my best of cartoons. So I've drawn over 4,000 cartoons. Wow. Yeah. They said, can you get it down to 125? So I did my best. And um, there's 15 never before seen in here. But mm-hmm. it just came out in July. And... Mm-hmm. People are loving it, and yeah. you know you can put this on your bedside table. Yeah. Yes, we and, will. We and will. and, and in, books are sold. Yeah, and in my waiting room for all my patients to see. We're definitely oh, going to do oh, yeah. that. So flip it like yeah, this is your tenth book. It's your most recent book, and people yeah. finding you on Instagram, Facebook, all the places Naked like Pastor. Naked Pastor. Yeah, one word. One word. One, remember <laughs> one word, people. It is one, one word. word. Naked Pastor. Yeah, and I'm 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 everywhere. Yeah. 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 Whatever whatever your wounds are that separate you from your true self, no matter what it is, that Naked Pastures, amazing artwork, watercolors and the cartoons are just great pathways for healing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And to all the Flip Your Lid audience, I know you've heard something today that's helped you reconnect to who you really are. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Flip Your Lid with Kim Honeycutt. Please subscribe, rate, and share. You can find Kim on Facebook or Instagram at KB Honeycutt. To get an autographed copy of Kim's book, visit butyourmotherlovesyou.com. Remember, no matter what, treat yourself well today.